You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Today's episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Happy Monday, everybody. And this is a victory Monday after the Timberwolves beat the Toronto Raptors in Tampa on Sunday night. Um, so today, of course, we'll talk all about that. This is the post-game podcast. So uh, talk about key takeaways, uh, moments down the stretch in the game. The Wolves actually executed a little better than we're used to. They still had some major issues down the stretch that nearly did cost them the game. But I want to talk through some of those, the key takeaways on both ends of the court, and then obviously individual studs and duds as well. We'll take a peek ahead at the schedule for the week. Um, the Wolves do have four games still this week, including their first back-to-back in several weeks upcoming. So uh, we'll cover all that today. Also, uh, off the top here, of course, a quick reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can also follow on Spotify and get it anywhere else, Google, Stitcher, etc. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. That's at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T and at B Beacon. That's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. Um, Wolves Raptors, of course, the, I guess the quick, you know, we covered a lot of this on the preview show, or I, I guess we touched on it a little bit on Saturday's show, which was the post game from Friday. Um, but the Raptors have been a little bit unlucky this year. They've had, I think the league's ninth best point differential coming into play Sunday, but they were 12 and 14. They were eighth in the East, had a terrible start to the season. Usually teams with great coaching as the Raptors have in Nick Nurse can outperform the, um, the I guess the the win lot the point differential ex- expected the Pythagorean expected win loss record and in fact the Raptors are doing the op- opposite so there's been some bad luck there's been a few injuries um, OG Ananobi's been out and and missed the game on Sunday as well but obviously winning on the road against the Raptors whether or not they're under 500 that's significant um, the Raptors were outperformed expectations last year and of course won the title two years ago and and have a great coach and great perimeter players and um, the one thing that I would note. And, and I guess I, I didn't do a full preview on, on Wolves Raptors is that coming into the game, I wrote about this at Dunkin' with Wolves. I thought the Wolves, this wasn't a terrible matchup simply because um, the Raptors can't really combat Carl Anthony Towns in the paint. I mean, Aaron Baines is a nice player. Uh, Chris Boucher is a good defensive player, but there was nothing in the Raptors front court that would suggest that they could slow down the Timberwolves front court, mostly Carl Anthony Towns, of course. But I thought that that matchup was good for Cat and therefore not bad for the Timberwolves overall. Um, Also, the Raptors are a really good three-point shooting team, but the Wolves actually guard the three-point line fairly well this year, which I know seems weird. Um, And also the Wolves have a a pair of defensive, a point guards who are pretty good defensively, and Ricky Ruby and Jordan McLaughlin to try and, and, uh, you know, hold Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry in check. And as long as the Wolves could defend without fouling, which for the most part they've done this year, but have struggled a little bit more recently and and actually did struggle a lot within this game, I thought that was going to be the key to it. Actually, the Wolves did struggle to defend without fouling, and it ultimately didn't really matter that much. Obviously, the game was close and probably closer than it should have been. But um, the Wolves did their part on the glass. They were decent on both ends of the floor, really good offensively, actually, and, and came out with the win. Um, so I, I want to just kind of hit the game flow really quick and then get into my 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 big takeaways. Um, 
just, you know, I, I wanted to set up the Wolves Raptors matchup and that this is a nice win for the Wolves to beat a Raptors team like this on the road. But it actually, the Raptors aren't an awful matchup for the Wolves, um, you know, all things considered, especially with no OG and Anobi. So I, I wanted to, to set the stage with that. Uh, basically, I mean, the Wolves came out of the gate and played fairly well early. Um, they were up one after the first quarter. The Raptors used a little bit of a push at the end of the second quarter to go up four at halftime. Um, but the Wolves played pretty well. It was an evenly matched first couple of quarters. I think both teams were shooting the exact same field goal percentage really late in the second quarter before that little Raptors push. Um, weirdly enough, at halftime of a game that the Wolves, I mean, the Wolves had, what, 52 at halftime. The Raptors, it was 56-52 at halftime. Towns only had seven points in the first half, only shot the ball five times. Um, he did have eight rebounds. So he had seven and eight at halftime. Um, Toronto was making, trying to make things difficult on the Wolves offensively. They they did, you know, Nick Nurse always does this. He He kind of, uh, mixed and match zone with man-to-man defense and kind of he generally seems to push the right buttons I mean that's how you win coach of the year um, and and he did that yet the Wolves were efficient offensively a lot of that was Malik Beasley who I think was five of six from the corner I believe they were all from the left corner um, on threes not all in the first half but he did a ton of damage in the first half Ricky Rubio was really good in the first half of this game Jordan McLaughlin was very good in the first half just really good point guard play um, and Really, you know, leading into halftime, the only issues the Wolves were really having was transition defense, which is pretty typical, and also getting into foul trouble, which lately has been more typical for the Timberwolves. Um, so they were down five at halftime, or four at halftime, excuse me, and Towns only had seven points, despite, but the Wolves had 56 as a team. Third quarter, the Wolves went on a 15-2 to two run. They were playing fantastic defense. The trans, They were actually able to get out in transition, which if you look at pace of play this year and transition offense, the Wolves have been, you know, in the in the upper half of the league, but the the way the Timberwolves want to play, they want to be a top five, six, seven team when it comes to pace. And they haven't been. Um, those numbers have have slid. And a big part of that is because of some of the defensive issues they've been having of late, especially without Carl Anthony Towns in the on the floor. Uh, the Wolves weren't getting stops and getting on transition. Actually the Wolves so after the game on uh on Sunday According to Basketball Reference, the Wolves are eighth in pace, which is still probably a little lower than they'd like to be. Um, but I believe prior to Sunday's game, they were ninth or tenth, something like that. Um, but at any rate, the Wolves—it's the old defense. You know, defense turns into offense, right? Um, the the defense spurs on the offense when you're looking for fast break offense, and that's absolutely true. The Wolves actually got some stops and got a, got out in transition, especially in the third quarter of this game. Um, and so the Wolves took a an eight point lead going to the fourth quarter. They had that 15 to two run in the third. They ran a lot of, of Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns pick and roll, which was very effective in this game. Um, we've talked about how Ant has not been great handling the pick and roll this year, but he also hasn't gotten a handle in the pick and roll very often with Carl Anthony Towns, and that changes the dynamic considerably. And so that was fantastic to see. Um, the Wolves had a 12 point lead in the fourth. They built it up to 12 points early in the fourth, but it got down to a two point lead with just under eight minutes to play. And that's when the Wolves brought in all their starters, except for Rubio. They had McLaughlin on the floor with four starters. The Raptors tied the game um, after that happened. And it was really kind of a little bit of a tennis match back and forth down the stretch. Towns didn't attempt his first free throws of the game until the 209 minute, uh, 209 mark in the fourth quarter. And I'll, I'll harp on this here in a minute, but the foul disparity, the free throw disparity in this game was absurd. Um, you can't tell me that Towns didn't deserve to shoot free throws before there were two minutes left in this game. But the Wolves and Raptors went back and forth. It was weird. There were actually four straight possessions, two for each team, where somebody got to the free throw line and split the free throws. So each team was one of two, four straight times at the line. So the Wolves are up five with 59 
and a half seconds left. Kyle Lowry misses a layup in the paint. Towns gets the rebound, but Lowry rips the ball away from him with 41 seconds left. So the Raptors now have the ball down five with 41 seconds left. DeAndre Bembry scores on the scramble after the the Towns turnover in the backcourt. And Towns fouls Bembry, fouls out of the game. Bembry completes the three-point play to make it a two-point game. And Cat is out of the game. It was it was probably the right call. Um, Towns was vertical, but kind of retreating, giving ground, and, and just got in the way of Bembry. And just all around, you know, Towns obviously has to secure that rebound, and then he can't foul out there or and also give the Raptors an extra point. Um, so the Raptors are within two. Wolves come down. Edwards is fouled. He makes two huge free throws, makes the Wolves, puts the Wolves up four. Then Kyle Lowry scores really easily on the other end. The Wolves put Jade McDaniels on him, and, and Lowry went right to the to the hoop. And I'm sure the Wolves coaching staff told McDaniels, hey, you can't foul. I was going to try and draw a foul. You can't give up a three-point play. But it, basically, he ushered him to the paint, um, it, to the rim. And so the Wolves, again, it's a two-point game. The Wolves inbound the ball. They've got two timeouts, 15 seconds left. And Malik Beasley's trapped in the corner before Ryan Saunders gets the timeout call. Beasley steps on the, on the, uh, on the sideline. And it's Raptors ball down two. And it just feels like between the Towns turnover and the Beasley stepping out of bounds, the only thing that went right in that stretch was Edwards made two free throws. It just felt like the typical Timberwolves collapsed on the stretch. And, and I'll get a little more into that here in a minute. Um, and then uh, thankfully, though, Pascal Siakam with McDaniels on him missed at the rim. It was decent defense by McDaniels. He got enough of a contest because of his length to make things tough. Siakam misses at the rim. The Wolves get the rebound, call a timeout. Um, again, Wolves go offense, defense with substitution. Saunders did a good job with that. McLaughlin made a pair of free throws, puts the Wolves up four. And then uh, in a four-point game, Vanderbilt gets a block at the rim at the end of the game. So um, all the way around, uh, a pretty solid game for the Timberwolves. And I'll get into key takeaways here in a second where I'll call out what they did really well and what they didn't specifically in terms of categories in this game. Um, so that'll, that'll be what we do next. And then I want to do individual studs and duds as we always do. Uh, but nice win for the wolves. They end up winning by four against the Toronto Raptors. Before we get into the key takeaways from this game, let's talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. To get that deposit, you you just need to use the promo code locked on. That's betonline.ag on the website or your mobile device. Use the promo code locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories and analysis with our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right, so key takeaways from this game. Number one, the offense was fantastic. Um, and, and that's not, I, I know that that might seem, I think this is maybe an underreported storyline of the season somehow still, is that the Wolves offense hasn't been very good. In fact, the defense has been better for most of the season than the offense. Now, a massive part of that is having no Carl Anthony Towns and the offense has resolved, revolved around D'Angelo Russell in most cases. Uh, but with Carl Anthony Towns, even with no D'Lo, this offense can be extremely dynamic and they were in this game. The Raptors aren't 
a top flight defensive team, but they're pretty middle of the pack. Nick Nurse's teams have generally been good defensively. Obviously, when they had Kawhi Leonard, they were fantastic. But um, And it certainly helps to not have OG Ananobi on the court. But the Raptors are a solid defensive team, and the Wolves exploited them pretty easily in this game. Minnesota shot 52.4% from the field, 41% from beyond the arc. That includes a, a 6 for 10 from Malik Beasley and a, a 4 for 8 from Ricky Rubio on three-point attempts. Um but as a team to shoot 41% to make 16 threes and contrast that to the Raptors who shot 10 of 33, 30.3% from beyond the arc and coming into the game, the Wolves were, I think, uh, 29th in the league and off in a three point shooting percentage as a team, the Raptors were third. So the Wolves flipped that script and that was a huge part of what they were able to do in this game. But it wasn't simply shooting threes. It was also the way the Wolves were getting them. Some were in transition. They also were running plenty of action to get Beasley to the corners. Um, Jared Vanderbilt, or excuse me, Jade McDaniels looks really comfortable shooting threes from the corners. Um, those are the types of Josh Akogi, the Raptors were letting him shoot threes and he turned down a couple of open threes when he was on the court. Um, but the Wolves are are clearly now running action through towns to try and get guys open in the corners. And both towns and Ricky Rubio are really adept at finding shooters in the corners. And that worked really well in this game. Um, and that, I mean, number one, the offense was super efficient. And the transition offense helped, certainly, uh, but also the half-court offense was very good. Number two, the rebounding in this game was fantastic. I identified this in the pregame on uh, Dunking with Wolves that the Raptors are one of the few teams in the league you could argue is a worse rebounding team than the Timberwolves. Um, Remember, the Wolves' poor rebounding numbers are largely without Carl Anthony Towns. Um, Towns is back. The Raptors didn't have Ananobi, and with Towns on the floor... You would think the Wolves could out-rebound the Raptors. They did, barely, 40-38 to 38 in this game. Of course, they got 11 from Towns. They also got seven each from Vanderbilt and Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards has improved on the glass quite a bit recently, and that's been great to see. Um, so the Wolves outplayed uh, the Raptors on the glass, which was really important in this game, especially to get out and start those fast breaks. That's another issue the Wolves have had, is they haven't secured defensive rebounds and been able to get out in transition throughout the season. And they did that in this game. The half-court defense wasn't bad in this game. And I'm going to count that in the positive column. They did give up 112 points. Um, But, I mean, generally speaking, it wasn't bad. The Raptors shot 31 free throws. If they didn't get such a quick whistle and then also shoot 84% from the line, they wouldn't have scored so many points. The half-court defense was solid. Jade McDaniels and Jared Vanderbilt were each really, you know, a really big part of that. Um... The Wolves stuck with, well, this will this will be more late game execution, so I'll, I'll wait for a second on that. Um, but generally speaking, the defense was pretty passable in this game for the Timberwolves. And, and I again, I mentioned this earlier, but no D'Angelo Russell helps in that regard. Having both Ricky Rubio and Jordan McLaughlin, who are, um, who are average to plus defenders, depending on the night at the point guard position. I mean, that's to, to be able to guard Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet with those guys is much preferable to having D'Angelo Russell out there. I mean, Kyle Lowry had 24, four and four, but he also had four turnovers and he had to do most of his damage at the free throw line. Fred Van Vliet shot eight of 21 from the field was not efficient in this game. Four of 12 beyond the arc. The Wolves did a fairly good job running the Raptors off the three point line, making life more difficult. And especially on their dynamic point guards who are obviously their, their best players right now. Um, in addition to Siakam who didn't have a great game either. Um, so, so good overall, half-court defense from the Timberwolves in this one. The worst thing the Wolves did was transition defense. I touched on this already, but it's still miserable. The Wolves just aren't matching up in transition. They're not talking. Um, and it's a consistent problem. I mean, it was... 
the worst we've seen, of course, was in Oklahoma City, really in both of those games, one of which the Wolves ended up winning. Um, but it just throughout the season, it's been really bad. And, and I'm sure part of it has to do with guys being shuffled in and out of the lineup and injuries and, and different player combinations. But it's still a pretty simple concept to communicate and transition. You know, I got I got ball, you know, you take mine, take mine, I'll, you know, just, just communicate who are you guarding in transition and then actually execute. And, and the wolves have not done that. And this, it reared its ugly head again in this game. And the Raptors like to play fast when, when they can. And it's not only after misses either. It's also after makes the Raptors are running after makes in this game and having great success. So that was a big issue for Minnesota. Once again, um, the late game execution was a mixed bag and, and falls for me solidly between the terrible transition defense and all the good stuff we talked about. Um, Overall, it was much better. Uh, Edwards making those free throws. Um, leading into that late game stretch, the Wolves got big threes for Mickey Rubio and Carl Anthony Towns. It, it was, generally speaking, much better execution down the stretch by the Timberwolves. Um, Ryan Saunders was making situational subs at the end of the game, which he's kind of dipped his toe into more recently. But McLaughlin was on the court for offense. Jared Vanderbilt was coming in for defense. After Towns fouled out, he, uh, Saunders went with both McDaniels and Vanderbilt together instead of putting Nas Reed in the game just to maintain some of that defensive flexibility. And they actually had McDaniels guarding Lowry um, and then also Siakam. So basically he was their lockdown guy down the stretch. No Josh Akogi on the floor trying to maintain some of that offensive, um, you know, that dynamic offense and that edge on offense by keeping Akogi off the floor. And also Jim Peterson was talking about on the Timberwolves broadcast about um maybe the Wolves should be using McDaniels down the stretch a bit more than Vanderbilt. This was before Towns fouled out and Vanderbilt made a couple of big plays at the rim. The reason he was in there was his rebounding ability. Uh, McDaniels has not proven to be able to rebound at the NBA level and Vanderbilt can. Um, and so I actually think Saunders pushed all the right buttons in terms of substitutions down the stretch. He left McLaughlin in when he was playing well, came back with Rubio, went with two point guards when it was a clear foul situation so they could have more ball handlers and free throw shooters on the court. The substitution patterns were actually really good. So credit is where credit is due. The actual execution, Towns turning the ball over off that rebound, Beasley stepping out of bounds, not calling the timeout sooner before Beasley stepped out of bounds. The, those things were problems. I actually didn't love the timeout they called with five seconds left when the Wolves were up two. They had six. They got a rebound. I mean, McLaughlin had the ball in his hand, so it's not like Jared Vanderbilt was holding the ball. The Wolves called a timeout. I understand why they did it because you don't want Jared Vanderbilt shooting free throws. We've, we've seen that before. We've been stuck in that situation before in, in late game. Um, but the Wolves actually had the ball. McLaughlin had it in his hands when the Wolves called timeout. Um, and then it just meant they had to inbound the ball all over again and try and get it to the right person, which is always scary. We've seen the Wolves mess up sideline out of bounds plays late in games this year too. So um, the, the timeout management late in the game wasn't great, which continues to be a problem for Saunders, but the substitution patterns were really good outside of the town's turnover and the Beasley stepping out of bounds. The execution was good with Edwards getting fouled and making free throws, McLaughlin making his free throws with 3.7 seconds left. Um, so certainly a mixed bag, but improvement down the stretch. And we can take that away from the game and feel really good about that at least. Okay, next I want to do individual studs and duds um, before we uh, wrap this thing up, look ahead to the schedule for the week. First, though, let's talk about Built Bar. They're our title sponsor of today's show. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time, and I'm not exaggerating. It tastes exactly like a candy bar. Um, I just got my new shipment in. Um, I live in Oklahoma. There's a huge snowstorm. I'm not going anywhere for a few days, and I just got I don't know how many built bars I ordered. I think I ordered three boxes. So I've got dozens of built bars at the house right now that I'm going to be enjoying during this cold snap and this cold winter weather. Um, the fantastic new flavor is the dark chocolate 
um, almond, which is, um, or excuse me, dark chocolate coconut, which is just fantastic. Caramel brownie is also one of our favorites. Uh, salted caramel toffee almond. Fantastic. Every single built bar is covered in hundred percent chocolate and tastes just like a candy bar. They're soft and easy to chew. They're perfect. If you're health conscious, if you're trying to lose weight or maintain weight while still enjoying a delicious treat, every single bar is low calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. I'm not quite sure how they do it. They're also perfect. If you're on the keto diet, go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Listen to Locked On NBA on Mondays. Josh Lloyd, host of our wildly popular Locked On Fantasy Basketball, takes you around the NBA's major headlines with the help of our local experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you get podcasts. Okay, let's talk about individual studs and duds from this game for the Wolves. It's actually kind of hard to pinpoint a dud. The Wolves played pretty well across the board. Um, I mean, Juancho Hernan Gomez was in the rotation, played 10 minutes, had a solid 10 minutes. Um... Jordan McLaughlin, we talked about, had a good game. Jalen Noel was very good off the bench. Um, it's hard to give a stud to anybody on the bench. No one played more than 19 minutes. Um, but McLaughlin and Jalen Noel um, specifically were very good offensively. Jade McDaniels was good good defensively. So that was all really good to see. In terms of studs for this game, I'm going to give one to Carl Anthony Towns. I know he fouled out, and I know he had seven turnovers in this game, which was obviously not great. Um, but he had 20 and 11, three assists, three blocks and a steal was ultra efficient. Eight of 11 from the field, two of three beyond the arc. The wolves just didn't get him involved enough in the offense early, but when he needed to, he made big shots. He had a massive three in the second half. He hit a three in the first half that made him the, the all time franchise leader in three point made field goals, which obviously says a lot about towns, but also says a lot about the franchise. Also the fact that he passed Andrew Wiggins, but still congrats to towns. And uh, the more important three, though, was the big one down the stretch when the Wolves were trying to cling to a lead. Um, and and he did enough on the glass. He did enough defensively. He made life difficult for Toronto's big men. Aaron Baines had only six points, five rebounds in this game. Chris Boucher had only six points, four rebounds off the bench. Stanley Johnson had a scoreless night. So the bigger players on the Raptors, the front court players, did not have a good game. Um, I mean, Siakam had a solid game, but but Towns wasn't primarily responsible for Siakam in this one. Um, so a good game all the way around for, from Townsend. And he was a, he was a plus eight in the plus minus column as well. So he gets a stud. Also, Anthony Edwards was really, really good. Um, 18 points, seven rebounds, three assists, seven of 15 shooting. He was only one of seven beyond the arc, you know, per usual. He took a couple of ill-advised shots, but he was six of eight inside the arc. Got to the free throw line a couple of times, was three for four on free throws, and again, seven rebounds. He was a team best plus 14 in the plus minus column. He was second on the team in minutes with 35 minutes in this game. Was really, really good. It was hard to take him off the floor, um, and so the Wolves barely did take him off the floor. This was one of his better games all the way around, Just even, even with the one for seven outside the arc. Think about if he makes one or two of those. If he's shooting you know, three of seven outside the arc and ends up with 24.7 rebounds, we're still talking about how you know, I would have led with how great of a game Anthony Edwards had because that's how much better his line would have looked, but it was still really good. He played, he played well. Um, for the most part, he was getting downhill, getting to the rim. And, um, you know, there were a couple of times where he scored at the rim and then the next time down the court, he's calling for the ball and then he jacks up a three that probably wasn't the best shot, but that kind of comes with the territory of rookies. And I mean, he's not a bad three point shooter, although we've identified that he's pretty good on catch and shoot in catch and shoot situations, but not very good off the bounce, 
when it comes to shooting threes. So that's something that he's going to continue. He needs to continue to learn is if he's operating in isolation or in the pick and roll, just get to the basket, create for others. And, and if he's, if he's not, I mean, if he's in transition and he's catching and shooting great, let it fly, shoot threes. Um, something I, we, we're going to see a little bit more of is that, is that ant cat, the Carl Anthony towns, Anthony Edwards pick and roll. And, it still feels like Edwards kind of has tunnel vision where like he's made up his mind before the play happens. It's almost like if a quarterback in football predetermines who they're going to throw to and they just stare down the receiver the whole time. It kind of feels like that when Edwards is operating in the pick and roll. However, it seems like, and I said this the other day, he seems like he ends up with two, three assists in every game, um, which is more than it feels like he should have because you can almost tell exactly what Edwards is going to do every time he's got the ball in his hands. Um, but for the most part, he takes care of it. For the most part, he's making the right decisions. And this was another good game from Edwards. And we're continuing to see progress from the number number one overall pick in this year's draft. The third stud for me is going to be Malik Beasley. He had 20 points, 7 of 13 on shot attempts, 6 of 10 outside the arc. So he was 1 of 3 on 2s and 6 of 10 on 3s. Was white hot early in the game and, and really was throughout the game. Um, and finished with 20 points, 6 assists three rebounds and a steal. He did turn the ball over three times um, and had some defensive issues again, um, per usual, but he was very, very good. And to have Beasley playing off of Towns and get open in the left quarter as often as he has, that's going to be ultra dynamic for the Timberwolves. If, if opposing teams just give the Wolves that left corner, um, I mean, Towns is going to rack up assists and, uh, and Beasley's going to rack up made threes. Um, and also both Rubio and McLaughlin had assists to, to Beasley in the corner as well. Um, so it wasn't just playing through towns, but basically any action the Wolves run, they've been getting Beasley open near the top of the key. They've been running him off of screens to get him the ball outside the arc. But if they're running action for somebody else, if they're running action with Edwards as the ball handler or in a pick and roll with towns, Beasley's basically just fading into the corner and waiting for a pass. And that's the best way to use Malik Beasley. He's also a good cutter. And so if there's something happening on the, on the, on the strong side, Beasley as a weak side cutter is, is really dynamic too. He didn't do much of that in this game. Um, but again, this is where Beasley playing off of Towns and Towns passing ability is extremely key. Um, so good game again for Malik Beasley. Tons of fun to see him play with Towns. And weirdly enough, those guys combined to only attempt 24 shots in a game that the Wolves scored 116 points in. Um, and, Towns was actually fourth on the team in field goal attempts after Anthony Edwards, Rubio and Beasley each had 13 and Towns only had 11 shot attempts. And again, it's not like the Wolves got to the line a bunch. No individual player shot more than four free throws. Um, But the Wolves offensive balance, even if it wasn't quite where they wanted it to be, I mean, they still had Towns and Beasley combined to shoot 15 for 24 from the field and and eight for 13 from three. I, I mean... If that happens, you're going to win the vast majority of games, especially if you're playing decent defense on the other end. Um, officially, I, you know, I only do three studs typically. Honorable mention, I guess, goes to Ricky Rubio. This was his best game in probably over a month. 16 points, five assists, zero turnovers. He was six of 13 shooting, four of eight beyond the arc um, and, and was a plus nine, which was the third best mark on the Wolves. Really good game from Rubio um, and, and great to see him play well. He just felt like he was more in command. And I don't know if it's the comfort level of playing with Towns finally, or now he started the last few games and, and more, at least more games frequently with, with D'Angelo Russell out. Um, but he just seemed a lot more comfortable on the negative side for duds in this game. Um, I'm going to do code duds. Nobody actually had a terrible game for the wolves, but Josh Akogi only played seven minutes and managed to shoot the ball three times and miss all three shots. 
just had the one rebound and also turned it over once. So three missed shots and a turnover in seven minutes. Um, and, it, you know, the struggles have been great enough for him that now Jaden uh, McDaniels has been kind of the default uh, defender off the bench for the Wolves to, to guard uh, wings. Um, Nas Reed also gets the co-dud. He had just two and two in this game. One of five shooting, missed his only three-point attempt. Was a minus six, which tied for the worst mark on the Wolves. Not a bad game from Nas. Not really that bad of a game from Makogi either, but I mean, hey, I'm sticking to the bit of studs and duds. And uh, so that's why we're going with co-duds with Akogi and Reed. Basically, across the board, the Wolves played well. I mentioned Hernan Gomez. Jaden McDaniels is very good defensively. Uh, was Had a, the second best plus minus on the team with a plus 11. Jalen Noel had 11 points on six shots. Um, had two assists, no turnovers off the bench in 14 minutes. And uh, just across the board, a really solid game from the Wolves outside of some of the late game issues and transition defense. This is exactly the type of game that they need to play and will keep them in basically every single game they play this year. Um, of course, next up is the defending champion LA Lakers in Minnesota on Tuesday. So that's not going to be a walk in the park. And then that's the front end of a back in the back to back. The Wolves play the Pacers on Wednesday uh, before the same Raptors team is in Minnesota on Friday. So, um, you know, a tough homestand with the Lakers, Pacers and Raptors, to say the least. Um, I, you know, feels like the Wolves could win the Indiana game or the Toronto game and, and ending this homestand, you know, going one and two on the homestand, I think would be considered a success. And then you've got a long road trip, Knicks, Bucks, Bulls, Wizards. Um, so, you know, some, a couple of winnable games there, obviously at Milwaukee's tough, but I mean, at, at the Knicks, at the Bulls and at the Wizards are all theoretically easier games, um, than at Toronto. So certainly games mixed in there that the Wolves could manage to win coming up, but the schedule, for the most part, is not going to get any easier. And we're quickly approaching. We've only got like two weeks left in the first half of the schedule before we get to the all-star break and we get the second half schedule release. So um, obviously on Tuesday's show, we'll preview the Wolves-Lakers matchup and what the Lakers have been up to of late. We'll also take a look at any other news. Um, the Wolves actually, uh, I didn't mention this off the top, but the Wolves actually waived Ashton Haggins, the, their second two-way player. Um, the Wolves G League team had some issues violating protocols in the bubble, and apparently they traced much of it back to Higgins and just decided no tolerance and they, they cut him. Um, so I'll talk a little bit more about that on Tuesday's show and you know what the wolves might do with the extra roster spot, et cetera. Are there things out there they could do? Um, and then again, we talked about this on Friday, but a peek ahead to the trade deadline, um, some of the rumors floating around the league, what the wolves maybe could do. Um, and then again, a full week of games, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So plenty to talk about upcoming. And it's a good reminder to make sure that you're subscribed to the show. You can subscribe anywhere that you get podcasts. Of course, that includes iTunes. You can follow on Spotify. Um, you can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T and also at B Beacon. That's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Otherwise, that's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Um, today's episode, again, was brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.